Hi there, are you feeling stuck in your English progress? Well, in today's English lesson, I'll teach you 25 advanced English verbs so that you can expand your vocabulary with words that native English speakers actually use in their spoken and written English conversations. These English verbs did not just come from a textbook or a dictionary. They are words that I use in my everyday conversations, so they are sure to increase your vocabulary and keep your English progress going. Now, let's get started with the lesson. Take notes on 25 advanced English verbs. To stray. If you stray, you wander away from a certain path or a certain place where you are supposed to be. You can also use this verb as a noun if you're talking about an animal that has gotten away from its home and doesn't have a home anymore. Sometimes we say it's a stray or it's a stray cat. In life, when people are kind of lost with their career decisions or their relationship decisions, maybe they're not sure what exactly they're supposed to be doing, especially when people are younger, we say they're kind of straying away from the path that they should be on. But sometimes it's okay to stray from the normal path you're supposed to be on. For instance, maybe your parents really want you to go to college, but you want to stray away from that path and you want to start a business. So this is the way that we use the verb stray in our everyday conversation. And of course, you can say that the cat strayed away from its yard. That means it got away from where it belongs, its home. Every English learner that I meet wants to make new friends. A verb that means exactly this is to befriend someone. Now, it's important when you start a new job that you try to befriend your coworkers. This means you try to find things in common or you give them compliments or you just act very friendly in order to become friends or friendly with the people around you. So instead of saying, I want to make friends with them, now you can say, I want to befriend them. You could say, I want to befriend my new classmates in my college course. This next verb will come in handy when you have a car that is broken. A lot of times when my car breaks down, I try to start the engine and all I hear it do is sputter. This verb sputter, it's very fun to say. Try saying it out loud, sputter. But this verb means that something is making a lot of quick explosive sounds, but it's not starting the way it's supposed to. So a lot of times machines with engines, cars, boats, if their engine starts, but it's not working correctly, you'll hear a sputtering sound. Sometimes if people want to say they're having a hard time speaking in conversation and they just couldn't get their words to come out kind of like that, instead of saying they were stuttering, sometimes they'll say I was sputtering. So stuttering is actually a speech problem that some people have where they can't quite get their words out. But sometimes if you're just casually doing this, maybe you're having a hard time speaking, you can just say, oh, sorry, I'm sputtering. This next verb can be used as a verb or a noun. The verb is to buffer. If you buffer something, you lessen the impact of a situation. For instance, if you have to go to a place or to a room and you know there's going to be someone there that you dislike and maybe you get into fights with them, you can bring another friend as a buffer. You can say, could you come as a buffer? I don't get along with so-and-so. I don't get along with John, so could you come as a buffer? This means your friend will help you by having a friendly conversation with you, 
And if you start to talk to the person that you dislike, maybe your friend will help you out with the situation so it doesn't turn into an argument or a fight. So when you call something or somebody a buffer, you're saying they protect from a bad situation getting worse. You may have heard of the little insect called a leech. A leech will grab onto your skin and suck your blood. It's quite disgusting. But sometimes we use the word leech in English as a verb as well. So if someone or something leeches onto you, it relies on you excessively, just as the insect would rely on eating your blood if it was attached to you. So you could say that someone was annoying because they just have leached onto you. That means they just rely on you for everything. That means the person just relies on you for anything. So if you were in a college class or a university class, or if you were working on a project at your job, and there's some people that are working with you, but they're not actually doing much of the work, you could just say they are leeching off my work. That means they're relying on me and taking everything that I do excessively. So you don't want to leech off people. You want to work hard and contribute as well. The next word on our list today is infiltrate. When someone or something infiltrates something, they break into it, even though they were not supposed to be in whatever it is. Let me give you a few examples because this verb is really important to know. If you've ever heard of spies or people who are secret agents from a different government infiltrating a country or infiltrating a government, that means they were able to get information and send it back to their home country or their home organization. So we don't want spies infiltrating our government. Or maybe just on a smaller level, if you are on your computer, you always wanna make sure to have a secure network or your Wi-Fi network because people could infiltrate your computer network and they can steal your data, like your banking data and try to steal your money. This means they're hacking into your computer in order to get into your bank or do other nefarious things. That means evil things. Or you can just simply use this word to say, the light cannot infiltrate through the window because there's a curtain there. Of course, this word is pretty technical, so in this case, it would be very academic to say the light can't infiltrate, but people will know exactly what you're saying if you use this verb to infiltrate or to break into. This next verb is not so advanced, but it is a verb that I find English learners sometimes forget. If you want to say that someone has died from suffocating in water, you need to say they have drowned. Or if you want to say, be careful in the water, you could say, be careful not to drown. This means you have to swim and stay above water. Young children need to be careful around water. They need to wear safety vests, life vests, so that they do not drown or die in the water. So to drown means to suffocate in the water because you can't swim or you can't get air. Instead of saying that something is being really loud, a great advanced verb to use is blare. So if something is blaring, it means it's just an extremely loud, annoying sound. So in the morning, if you have a phone and the alarm goes off, a lot of times it is a blaring sound. My alarm was blaring this morning. Or if you hear some music that's really loud and you find it annoying, in this case, we could say the music was blaring. Now, sometimes English speakers use this verb to blare just to mean that something is intense. So 
a really common way we use this verb is we say we had a blaring headache. That means the headache was so intense we couldn't focus on anything else. So this verb to blare, or if we say that it was a blaring headache, it's used in a very negative context to say that something was annoying or painful. An awesome English verb to know if you like shopping is the verb to splurge. To splurge means to spend a lot of money. Sometimes in life, I think it's good to splurge on a vacation or something that you've been really saving up for that you want to spend a lot of money on. But most of the time in my life, I am frugal, which means I like to save money and make wise decisions, not splurging or spending excessive amounts of money. So if you want to say that someone paid a lot for something, and usually we say we splurge on something, meaning we're happy with the purchase, we say we splurged on a new purse or we splurged on a new camera. And this just means we spent a lot of money to buy something that was very nice. In this case, the purse or the camera. If you are ever at a party or a business meeting in the United States and there is some time where there's no events planned and you're just hanging out, kind of chatting or talking amongst the people in the group, we can say that we are mingling. So at a wedding, there is a time between the ceremony and usually the big dinner here in the United States at a traditional wedding where guests just mingle. That means they just have small conversations, they walk about. There's nothing really planned. It's not official, but we just all mingle. So now you know when you're sharing your stories at a party or at a business meeting, but it's more informal, you can say, I'm just mingling right now or right now is the time to mingle. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. A really nice verb to use is to coexist. You might see this verb on a bumper sticker. It was popular many years ago here in the United States. People would put this word on their bumper and it to coexist means to peacefully get along or to exist, which means just to be. So this bumper sticker meant that everyone, no matter what religion, no matter what race, no matter what background, should just try to get along and be peaceful, which of course is very good message. We can also use this word coexist in a very formal context. For instance, there are many species of birds, many types of birds that coexist. That means they get along peacefully in the environment. They don't fight over resources or they don't fight in general. So can't we just all coexist? This is the same as saying, can't we just all be peaceful? To tingle. 
To tingle means to experience like a light kind of tickly sensation. When I broke my arm, it was very painful and it was kind of tingly too. This means that I didn't have a lot of feeling. It just felt like kind of prickly if someone touched my arm. Many times you'll need to use this word tingle in a medical situation if you've broken a bone or you have some sort of injury. If your injury has a tingle to it, you could say my arm is tingling. That doesn't mean that it's necessarily in pain. It just means that you have not a lot of sensation or you can't feel things like you normally would. It's very light. Try out this phrase. Good, better, best. Never let it rest until your good is better and your better is best. Now, I like this motivational phrase. I think it used to be on a Nike commercial. It just means always try to better yourself. And that's actually the next verb I want to teach you, to better yourself or to better something. If you say, I want to better myself, this just means you want to improve yourself. Or if you want to say, I want to better the environment, this means you want to help make the environment improve. Maybe you're going to recycle or clean up trash, or maybe you're going to drive an electric car. So instead of saying improve, you might hear English speakers say they're going to better something. This is more casual, but this is a great verb to add to your vocabulary as well. Now, if you have guilt, you feel guilty. This means you feel bad about something and you have some responsibility. So sometimes as children, we lie to our parents, even though we get away with the lie, our parents believe the lie, we feel guilty inside. We feel pretty bad because it's not good to lie to anyone and it's definitely not good to lie to your parents. Now, you can use this word guilt as a verb as well. So let's talk about some examples of how you can guilt someone. Maybe you have someone in your life that you don't really like but you feel bad for them because they don't have many friends. And so you feel guilted into hanging out with them or going to have dinner with them. This just means that for the reason that you feel bad for them, you feel guilt, you're guilted into hanging out with them. A lot of times we say, oh, my mother guilted me into doing this or my mother guilted me into wearing this. Maybe someone has made you a very ugly sweater but your mom says, oh, your grandma worked so hard on that. And you're like, I don't want to wear this, but I feel guilty because my mom is guilting me. So if you guilt someone, you make them feel bad into doing something. Normally, when we say we sell something, it means we give it to people so they can buy it. We make a product that's for sale that people can pay money for. Now, an advanced way to use the verb to sell is to sell an idea or to sell a belief. So instead of saying we persuaded someone or we gave them good reasons to believe something or do something, we can say we sold the idea to them. When I was in school as a young child, every year our school would have a big magazine sale where the students were supposed to go out and sell magazines in order to raise money for the school. So the school could do things like special events or get new textbooks or build a playground, whatever it was. And there would be this person from the magazine sales company that would sell us this idea that if we sold these magazines, we'd get all these cool prizes. 
because normally kids wouldn't really want to go out and have to sell magazines. But he sold us this idea. He made it sound so cool. Like if you sell 10 magazines, you'll get to have a pizza party and you'll get to ride in a limousine. It was a really strange thing that a lot of American schools used to have. I don't know if that's still common. I don't think it is. But this was common when I was growing up. The magazine sales would sell us into doing the magazine sales. To encourage someone or something means to inspire or motivate an action. Now, usually we say, oh, great encouragement. Like, I want to encourage you to be good. Usually encourage is used in a positive manner. But remember, in English, you can also use encourage in a negative way as well. Maybe you have a child that is sitting there being super loud, super annoying, and your friend starts laughing at the child like, oh, they're so funny. You might say, don't encourage that. That means don't make them want to do that behavior more. So the reason I'm teaching you encourage as a verb, as an advanced verb, is because I want you to remember that it can be used in a positive way or a negative way. Like encourage the child to eat their vegetables or don't encourage them to make loud noises or don't encourage them to eat more candy. You can use this verb in many, many different ways. Normally when we talk about clipping something, we are talking about using scissors, like I'm going to clip my hair or I'm going to clip a piece of ribbon or string. But also I want you to remember that this word clip can be talking about a short video. And if you are shortening a video or shortening a song or whatever it might be, you can say I'm going to clip this thing. So remember that clip can be used in a digital way as well to mean make something shorter or it can be a physical thing like make your hair shorter, clip it. To push back on something means to resist a suggestion or an idea. Now in the United States right now, after COVID has ended, many companies are asking their employees to start working in the office again. And all of these employees are thinking, well, we worked at home for two years or even more. Why should we have to go back to the office? Because people find it annoying to drive into an office to do the same job that they could do at home. So people are giving a lot of pushback. Or you can say people are pushing back on this idea. You can use the word pushback as a verb. They're pushing back. Or you can say they are giving pushback, which means they're giving negative remarks or negative feedback on an idea. So if you are opposing or resisting an idea, you can say you are pushing back or you are giving pushback. This next verb is super advanced. Take notes on this one. When you transcend something, you go beyond the limits that people thought were possible. A really good example that comes to mind of someone who is just so transcending, they transcend music, is Taylor Swift. In the United States, she just had a ton of concerts here and everyone who got to go said it was just the best concert of their life. Her music is so culturally important here. She just transcends music and she's just so important to everyone here in the United States. So you could say Taylor Swift transcends music or you could say Taylor Swift's music transcends culture. It just is so important to everyone that it goes beyond just being 
music or culture. It's it's a really important part of their life. Now, this is a very dramatic way to speak, but it is pretty true here in the United States, especially for females and young females as well who love Taylor Swift. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To list something means to record an amount of things that you need to do or that fit into a category. So for instance, in today's video, I made a list of verbs to teach to you. Or I could say I listed verbs that are important. So you can use the word list as a verb. If you want to say I need to make a to-do list, you could also say I need to list all the things I need to do today. Or you could say, my teacher listed all of the students that were absent for the day. That means all of the students that were not at school. So when you list something, you read off the list or you start saying all the things that belong in that category. Two verbs that I want to teach you now that are normally just nouns are father and mother. And it's kind of interesting how we use these in English. Let me know if it's the same in your first language as well. When we say that someone has fathered a child, we just mean that that is their child. And usually we use the verb father to mean that the person was not married to the mother when they had a child. So when we say they fathered a child, it means they just have a child that's related to them. It doesn't necessarily mean that they are raising the child or they're involved in the child's life either. So then it's really interesting because when we use mother as a verb, we say we are mothering the children. This just means we are actually acting as their mother, even if we're not their mother, and we're providing a lot of guidance and a lot of care for children. So you could say she's mothering the children. To indoctrinate someone means to teach them a specific set of beliefs or ideas. And many times when we use this verb to indoctrinate, someone we're using it in a negative way. So some people say that we should not talk about politics or religion in public schools here in the United States because it can indoctrinate children. This means it kind of fills their heads with ideas that they might not be mature enough to look at critically. So they might just believe whatever an adult tells them. Children can easily be indoctrinated because they trust adults and they haven't had a lot of life experience yet. So if you want to say that someone is trying to teach someone a set of beliefs or ideas because they want them to convert to those ideas or religion or political beliefs, whatever it is, we can say that they are being indoctrinating. And I would say the opposite of 
to indoctrinate someone is to help someone unlearn ideas. So a lot of times as adults, we unlearn behaviors or we unlearn ideas that our parents or teachers taught us when we were kids that just aren't important anymore or they're just not true. And we also have to unlearn behavior. For instance, when I was a kid, I would never make my bed. And I think this was a bad habit that I had to unlearn. Now I have to make sure to make my bed every day. Or I used to bite my nails and I had to unlearn that behavior because it's kind of a dirty habit to always have your fingers in your mouth. What habits have you had to unlearn in your life? Thank you guys so much for learning 25 new advanced English verbs with me. Make sure to check out the next lesson on screen that will also expand your vocabulary. And if you want to learn more with me, visit EnglishWithKayla.com. Goodbye!